0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Lisa Burke Show from wherever you're listening to us from. I know that some of you are listening directly on RTL Today Radio where the show goes out on Saturdays at 11, repeated Sunday at noon. That's Luxembourg time of course. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please do subscribe and leave a review if you have a spare minute as it makes the show more easily available and it appears more easily for others. And of course you can watch us on RTL Play. So would you way you're finding the show. Welcome, welcome to you all. Today I have a packed studio. As always our lovely Sasha Kyo, uh news presenter and writer from the Sam Steen Show is joining us. How are you Sasha? I'm very well
1: actually. I'm loving this full studio.
0: It is super yeah. packed and you know why do we have a packed studio? Well let me introduce to you who is here. Mark Schiltz who is CEO of FNR and is also here representing Research Luxembourg. Uh, Crystal Weinreich, Senior recruitment officer at LIST, Luxembourg Institute of Science and Technology. We've got Anne-Marie Hanfe, who is a nurse now working towards her PhD to protect people with Parkinson's disease, degenerating over time. Salam Hajja, a research scientist working on AI with software engineering at the University of Luxembourg's Interdisciplinary Centre for Security, Reliability and Trust, otherwise known as ST. and last but definitely not least, we've got Carol Blond-Hunton, Hanten, is Associate at the Luxembourg Institute of Socioeconomic Research, otherwise known as LISER, in the Labour Market Department. Why so many people here, and particularly why so many women? Well, Saturday, the 11th of February, is International Day of Women and Girls in Science, and Research Luxembourg has worked once more with the Ministry for Equality mega in luxembourg lots of acronyms today um, to develop a set of six videos featuring six women and their journeys and the goal is to tell the stories of different women in science show the various paths and to inspire people of course but before we move into that we're going to start as we always do with a look back at the week's news session. hello Hello. And yes, this week's news has really been terrible. It's
1: really been focused on everything that's happening with the earthquake zone. Yes. I mean, it has dominated the news, obviously, all week. Um, it, the earthquake, the first one, started overnight on what was up for us a Monday. And, you know, here we are on Friday and uh, you know, as people predicted, the the numbers of casualties, you know, it's, it's horrifying actually to report. It just goes up and up and up and up. And, uh, you know, today it's Friday when we record the show. We're above 21,000 people dead. And um, yes, yeah, so it is just the most horrible, horrible thing to have happened. And um, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's difficult to put into words but obviously the situation is so terrible for the survivors as well um, you know, it's really cold um, the the UN said today it's just a catastrophe upon a catastrophe because it's very difficult for, for the people there it's very difficult to get aid there you know, um, there have been a lot of pledges um, financial pledges and, you know, trying to get things moving but there's a lot of anger because the Turkish government haven't moved as fast enough the, the infrastructure does isn't there the a lot of especially in Syria the parts that were affected you know there were 2 million refugees living there in, in not very stable housing we now realize that these high rise buildings um they've just crumbled so it's it's a heartbreaking story really it, it is heartbreaking and it
0: shines light once more on how hard it is to get anything into Syria. The roads there are not well developed. And Salam, you're nodding your head. I don't know if you have any family in that region at all. I know it's not where you're from, but
2: uh. no, I, I don't have families from there. But I, I have uh, friends who have families, and I have uh, like friends also living there. And uh, it's really heartbreaking, as you said. Uh, also, given that uh, the uh, like uh, supply is not arriving on time, and there is not a lot of people. But of course, there are some people who are going there and helping like uh, I've seen Algerian uh, people going there or from all over the world.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah actually one of the stories that made the headlines this week was a baby who was born I don't know if you saw this story I think most people have seen this story but um, the baby's entire family is dead and the baby was attached by placenta to their mother at the time of birth and and,
1: uh, a distant relative has now placed this baby in the care of uh, doctors but that's all the individual story. stories. Stories are really sad. I mean, in a in a funny way, you know, news. You are always also trying to find the the light and the positive. So, of course, what made the headlines today was a a sixteen year old girl who was rescued after eighty hours, which is mm. extraordinary. She has survived. So, you're always looking for the that story, the, yeah. the, the human. Interest, Because no one can kind of get their heads around the, the actual numbers, can they? They're, they're, so, they're huge. so huge. They're literally cities worth of numbers. Well, um, yes.
0: I mean, moving from that story to another... Hard story. But President Zelensky was in Europe this week. He has been in Europe and he made a surprise visit to the
1: UK and Paris, etc. So elaborate. Yes, and yes, so that the the UK visit was not on the cards at all. There was this possibility he would go to the EU summit in Brussels. It was obviously very well planned. And um, the summit took place yesterday in Brussels. Uh, after the UK, he quickly put in a visit to Paris, yes, as you say, to meet President Macron and uh, then travelled with him to Brussels, where he made an impassioned speech, you know, to please hurry up with the modern weapons. We know that Russia um, are, are planning an offensive, possibly, you know, apparently dates are very important. And uh, apparently, the, you know, the one year anniversary will be on the 24th of February since the Russia invaded Ukraine. So that they are expecting this spring push possibly on that day. Um, so, again, it's a plea. Um, on a side story, there was a very sweet story, I thought. Today, I, I watched the video of the Luxembourgish Prime Minister, Betel, and visibly moved um, because he showed a gift that he was given by the Ukrainian government in, in thanks uh, for, for, the, um, for the help aid. and aid that's come from Luxembourg. And it's a, a part of a Russian shell. Oh, my with a um, with an icon of Saint-Sophie painted inside. And he really was very, very moved. Uh, So I think, yet again, you know, President Zelensky has this amazing ability to move quite hard-nosed politicians, you know, he is an absolute star among them. So if anybody's going to get the weapons he wants, I think it would be someone like him. That's giving me goosebumps, um, that story.
0: <laughs> I mean, what, what a gift. <laughs> uh, moving to a completely yes, different yes, story. Yes, I move to lighter stories yes, after this. Yes, I like yes. this. I, I, well, we have to bring some lightness because it, it's hard to mentally, I mean, actually, I mean, it's we're the lucky ones here, standing here, able to move from the tragedy to
1: lighter stories. But here we go. This yes, is how we course.
0: work and use um, tiny houses in
1: Luxembourg. Yes, this did, did really appeal to me because obviously housing is a is a major issue in Luxembourg. You know, prices have gone up here exponentially more than in the rest of the EU. Oh, I know.
0: <laughs> yes, <don't laughs> we, we all know? We all it? know,
1: yes. <laughs> and so, uh, Taina Boffeding, the the Minister for the Environment, Uh, Sorry, interior interior um, has said she will uh, make planning laws easier, or the government will make planning laws easier to allow more of these tiny houses to go up. Now they really are. I had a look at them, and they're they're kind of posh caravans, I'd say. I mean, they, they started on wheels and they're wooden. I mean, they look very attractive. There's one outside the University of Luxembourg, actually. If you oh, have a OK. Look.
0: Yes, there is one sitting there. In fact, I interviewed the architect who is behind that. You can revisit that show if you just look at the <laughs> the back catalogue. Um, yep, yeah, but they're very interesting. And of course, Netflix
1: helped this with their series on tiny houses. Yes, exactly. So but they, they still go for a lot of money. I mean, uh, you know, they start off at about 25,000 euros, can go up to upwards, to a hundred thousand i know, i was looking at these figures and given that i've recently redone bits of
0: my home yes i thought these figures are really not in sync with the cost
1: of things in luxembourg today they don't seem high enough i hate to say that but <laughs> well the, the problem is the land is still the 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 the, 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 the tiny house might be but it, the materials also the materials? have gone up okay yes a lot yes it's probably gone up since then but that, yes the 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 actual cost of land. But I suppose you could put quite a few, couldn't you? I mean, the planning laws, that's why they need liberalising for these tiny houses. You could put quite a few of these small houses in one field, couldn't you? Well, we definitely need something to change in the housing market of
0: Luxembourg. But we'll we'll pause on that one. I am going (laughs) to do uh, another series, a little mini-series on housing in March. So we'll we'll come to that then. Come back. And now we have a science story, everybody, coming up. Uh, Moon dust, could it keep the earth cool?
1: Yes, well, I thought you might quite like this. I always try and find a science story. <laughs> um, yes, so this is an idea of um, scientists at the University of Utah to help global warming. So um, it's it's been much criticised by people saying we still need to lower our emissions. But the idea would be to fire tiny, tiny particles of moon dust from the moon, so it really is a moonshot um, <laughs> into the interspace, um, and that will create a, a kind of layer, I suppose, to, to deflect the sun's uh, intense rays. Um, I'm sure everybody around here will be able to explain it much, much better than me, but. Um, it, 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 it sounds quite a fun idea. Um, there, there's been a lot of criticism saying, well, it's not realistic because we would have no control over it. Um, these, How would you fire these, make these guns to shoot it? You'd have to keep repeating once a year at least. And, um, and also um, the cost would be... <laughs> Phenomenal. But, you know, they've come up with other ideas like mirrors and all sorts of things, isn't it, to deflect the sun's rays? Maybe this, this one will work. Well, it's, it's working a little bit like volcanic
0: ash in a smaller way, I imagine. But, uh, but I don't know how they'd get a global ratification for this. <laughs> we will uh, leave that there. Uh, moving to a very different story. It's the 25 year anniversary of Titanic. Yes. And the film.
1: And they're, re- they're re-releasing it for Valentine's Day. So, um, that Valentine's Day is next Tuesday. And um, just for anyone who's, in case they've forgotten. <laughs> uh, so, they're re-releasing it 25 years on. And they have made a documentary about an age-old argument that's been going on since the film came out is why didn't Jack just get on the door, at least get his top half of his body on the door? He might have survived. Could he have survived? So, in fact, they've made a documentary. James Cameron, the director of Titanic, was involved with this documentary. And they found that, of course there was enough space on the door at the end of the film. He needn't have died and been the gentleman and let, uh, what's Kate Winslet's character called um, in Titanic? Anyway, uh, he needn't have just let her sit on this door to survive. He could have just put the top half of his body on and they would have both survived.
0: Mm. Well, my daughter's going to watch it tonight, actually. Oh, is She's is back she? on in the cinemas. So yes, yes.
1: <clears throat> I have to make a confession. I've never Oh, really? Good for you. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> Sorry, that that's makes me three, feel like... Uh, that's probably three hours much better spent. I can, I can watch it this time around, 25 years old. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and um, another huge event uh, coming up this weekend, as we had on the Not The News quiz this morning. We now know precisely how long the entertainment section is.
1: Thanks Best. to Meredith Moss, it is 13 minutes precisely. And that will be Rihanna. So it's Super Bowl. It is the Super Bowl on Sunday night, so... uh, uh. I'm very impressed with diehard fans because for for us, um, it would start. It starts at half past twelve uh, at night, and obviously goes on for like five hours. So um, some bars are staying open here in Luxembourg too, so you can watch it. Um, you can watch the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I can't. I have to say, I don't think I will be. But um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 such a huge event. It's watched by like 130 million people, and. Uh, it's yeah. the entertainment it's, factor. It's the being part of a big crowd. It's uh, something that brings the country together, I think. Yes, yes. And they eat a lot. I've I've, I've learned this from our, our host Meredith is that the average American family eats 6,000 calories during the actual Super Bowl. I mean, it does go on for 5 hours. Yeah, but that's like tw- more than twice the daily recommendation. <laughs> it's a lot. And something like, a, you know, a billion chicken wings. I mean, the numbers are astonishing. And as we found out this morning, lots and lots of popcorn too, wasn't it?
0: Yes, we did. We had the popcorn on the lovely quiz as well. Meredith comes up with the most extraordinary stories. If you ever want to listen to the Not The News quiz, we're always there uh, <laughs> trying to guess our way through various things that happen in Texas. And very- <laughs> yeah, but-, but Sasha, as always, thank you so much for that roundup. Oh, pleasure. The Lisa Burke Show. Well, now, as alluded to at the top of this show, we have a full house. Just to reintroduce everybody here to you, if you've just joined us now, Mark Schiltz, CEO of FNR also here representing Re- Research Luxembourg. Uh, Christel Weinreich, Senior Recruitment Officer at LIST. Amari Hanf, a nurse now working towards her PhD. We've got Salam Abulhajja, a research scientist working on AI and software engineering at the SNT. Let's shorten it to that this time around. And Carol Blondhanton, Sociologist at Leiser. Welcome to you all. Hello. Now we are here to talk about uh, International Day of Women and Girls in Science, and also this is under the umbrella of Research Luxembourg, which is also working once more with the Ministry for Equality, Mega, and uh, we did invite Tina Bofferding from the Ministry of Equality onto this show, but she couldn't make it, but has given us a statement, so I'll read out the statement from uh, Minister Taina of I'm delighted that we can again collaborate with the Research Luxembourg and once again promote the importance of gender in science. This new collaboration is to be welcomed not only in the sense of the sustainability of the partnership, but also to give a clear signal that science is not an exclusively male domain. I'm convinced, especially in the context of the International Day of Women and Girls in Science, that such female role models will play an important role in the future gender mix in all areas of science science can only be modern if it is egalitarian so thank you to the minister for that now i'm going to start with you mark uh being the only male in the room but very very important because of course we can't do this on our own we need men to stand up for us and you're certainly doing that first of all tell us about research luxembourg
3: well, thank you for um, for having me here, and um, I feel very comfortable even being the only man here. Oh, I think that's so. good. That's, that's uh, good. We that's try really to be welcoming. <laughs> so, Research Luxembourg is uh, is an is an association of the major research public research actors in uh, in Luxembourg. So, uh, and and there are not that many of them. So, I, I can list them. So, we have uh, uh, we have uh, the list, which is the Luxembourg Institute of Science and Technology. We have LIH, which is the Luxembourg Institute of Health, Liser. Luxembourg Institute of socioeconomic research the University of Luxembourg uh, Lux innovation and then the organization that I'm represent well, heading myself the uh, the, the FNR the, the 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 Luxembourg national research fund all this is supported by the ministry for higher education and uh, and research and possibly I should say it's 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 an it's an association where we uh, where all these major players in research, where we join forces to share best practices, for instance on topics like the one that we will be discussing today, where we also launch joint initiatives like the, uh, the 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 campaign of video clips that we will be discussing. Um, so it's 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 really some it's really a forum or a platform where we where where all these research actors, which have their own research programs, each have their topics and their thematics, but on a number of uh, of more important and overarching areas, we, we just say, well, let's work together and that's what it is.
0: So this uh, video series has been running now, we're in its second year. It's a uh, uh, campaign, Research Luxembourg and the Ministry of Equality. So how did that come about, this uh, this combined idea really to, to help promote women and girls in science?
3: I think that's um, well. We have to, as, as research actors, we have to be. We have to look at the uh, at the figures. I mean, research, and that's probably something which we will discuss more in detail. Research is, unfortunately, still some one of the sectors uh, where where there is there are major uh, major inequalities. Uh,
0: Just to jump in there, do you have any statistics? I know it varies subject to subject yeah. hugely, but is there an overarching statistic of male female ratio? Oh
3: yes. So the European the European Commission every two years uh, publishes figures which are called she figures. So the latest uh, figures date from uh, from twenty twenty one. So we have figures for each country, uh, and 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 unfortunately Luxembourg doesn't. Uh, uh, isn't well positioned there. And just to give a few of the figures. Um, uh, so w- women uh, doing a PhD or in PhD uh, programs uh, we have on the uh, European uh, average is about 48%. So we almost have gender equality there. But in Luxembourg, it's only 36%. Um, we have women uh, globally, women in research, if we at the EU level uh, is about uh, 32%. Uh, Luxembourg is uh, is 28%, so still below average. But even the average uh, EU-wide, I think, is not something uh, which uh, which we can be uh, which we can be satisfied with. And then, particularly in Luxembourg, also the uh, as you go up the career ladder, the uh, gender inequalities become becomes wider and wider. So, for instance, at the, at the, at the top level of, uh, of, 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 of professor or what is the equivalent in other institutions of, uh, of a professor position, we only, in Luxembourg, we only have 18% uh, compared to 26% at the EU level, which isn't brilliant either, but uh, but we're even below below that level so there is room for improvement i would say so i'm
0: going to just jump in straight with the obvious question why is that
3: well there are multiple reasons for that Um, uh, clearly one of the reasons is that traditionally uh, traditionally science uh, has and research has been uh, as as many other fields has been uh, over the past uh, uh, century has been very male uh, male dominated uh, so I think that's and and, and since I mean, these are long careers so it's not something which you uh, which can quickly be fixed in a sense because uh, scientists I mean it takes it takes a lot of time to uh, uh, to train a scientist so uh, you, you do the, the whole undergraduate studies and then you, you you graduate and then you possibly spend a number of years as PhD on on your on your PhD and then then possibly some more years on, on a postdoc, so these are very long careers, and uh, and uh, actually one of the reasons uh, that we launched the video campaign is actually to inspire younger uh, younger women and girls to uh, and, and to demonstrate that science is actually a career option, and that there are successful women in uh, at all levels in in science and research. So it takes a little bit of time. Uh, the fact also that um, uh, career, uh, career progression is is quite is, is 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 often that there are precarious stages in a research career, and that's generally true. It's true for men uh, and and women, and let's be clear about that. So it, it quite often happens that uh, uh, in in a science career that. Uh, uh, up to the age 30, sometimes age 35 or so, you're in you're, you're in a uh, in a precarious situation. Precarious meaning that that you're in an unstable situation on fixed, uh, quite often on short term or fixed and fixed term contracts, um, and 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 that coincides, of course, with the uh, with the age where uh, where where both men and women also have uh, sometimes reflect on uh, well, how do I balance the career my career plan in these not always stable situations with 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 family plans um, so so all these contributes to to the fact that the research isn't isn't probably a very favorable environment for, uh, uh, for st- as far as stability is concerned uh, as or at least as, not the journey the, balance. the journey certainly not no and that's something which we Uh, which we have to work on as well.
0: Which we have an example of here in the room, but also I know that we've spoken before um, about COVID times hate to bring up that word oh, I'm sick of the word but during that time when it came to the care of children at home mm. you have the statistics
3: oh there are data yes there are data even even at, after a few months data were available showing that uh, that scientific productivity in terms of uh, of, of publications uh, had, had had dropped more more strongly for 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 female researchers than for male researchers and uh, uh, and, and, and I think the explanation is, I mean, we, we've all been in lockdowns, uh, children suddenly had to remain at home and uh, uh, I mean, from my own experience, and suddenly we found ourselves, I included found myself also in three different positions as uh, well we're still working uh, uh, still uh, but but then also uh, Home uh homeschooling <laughs> suddenly we had to become teachers yes. again which, yes uh, and, and then organizing all the uh, all, all, all the rest so, so and 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 clearly this this has uh, taken a greater toll on uh, on during covid on, on on women than on men
0: well it's great to have your voice because We need that male voice in order to affect the change and particularly people in your position to affect that change and to have this conversation. I'm going to jump straight to you, Anne-Marie Marie -Marie Hanf, because you are a trained nurse, in fact, and now you're doing your PhD. So what I love about your story, and I think it's perhaps something that we can change for women, we don't need to have this linear path. It actually doesn't suit the way in which we biologically produce children because, in fact, after the point of 35, our productivity in child-rearing... Uh, opportunities decreases massively which not every woman seems to know so you have a daughter and you're now doing your PhD so talk to us about your journey first as a nurse and then why you've chosen to do a PhD now.
4: So yeah um, I I did my nurse training in Luxembourg and then I uh, went to Switzerland to work as a nurse and uh, so already there my career path was not a traditional one that i uh, do the school and then start working and buy a house and get the children so i was in switzerland came back started studying and uh, yeah i started studying because i saw that uh, what um, impact science has on and research has on nursing care in the switzerland and i thought well we can compare Switzerland to Luxembourg. So if it's possible there, we can also achieve it in Luxembourg. And that's that was my main motivation to start studying. And um, yeah, and I was really developing a passion for science. Uh, and that's why I also did then the PhD.
0: And we must also add that here in Luxembourg, and I know it from having lived in other places and our listeners are very international, we have phenomenally good childcare facilities here. They are affordable. They're very much supported by the state. And that makes it possible for you to make this choice. That's not a choice available to many people in many other countries.
4: Yeah, that's true That is this is really a, a huge support and uh, um, my message to young women is really that there's never the right uh, um, moment. You don't uh, have to wait until you have the perfect uh, life situation. You have always someone you can count on. You have the social security system and uh, yeah, that's really an, an important message that I want to go, uh, that I want to give that there's. They don't need to pursue the traditional career way, but they can be brave and do what they want to do, go for their passion and don't focus too much on the objectives and the aims. But yeah, the journey is a uh, what, uh, what is important.
0: The journey is what makes up our lives yeah. at the end of the day. Um, now, I want to also bring in a few statistics. I'm allowed to use statistics today because we have a science show. So uh, bear with me. But these are interesting statistics. Statistics on nursing, the proportions of females to males. I think most of it, most of us would guess and have the experience that most nurses are females. And that is true, it seems
4: Yeah, that's true. So 80% of the nurses are female, uh, also in Luxembourg, but it's an international phenomenon that is uh, traditionally, it's a a typical woman uh, job, even if, uh, yeah, uh, men's even uh, can do it uh, sometimes better than women. So we should also aim for gender uh, equality there.
0: (laughs) Yes, because in fact, in the same way as having the example for teaching, where we should have male teachers to to help young boys, particularly young boys who don't have a father figure at home. I know we speak about that in London a lot. They need that father figure presence to show them examples. The same is true of nurses, and I'm quite sure that some men would feel more comfortable talking to a male counterpart uh, when it comes to health conditions. But I want to uh, bystep that thought to the managerial positions in nursing, where the statistics flip on their head. It turns into 80% male, 20% female. So we have a disconnect on that trajectory. Why is that?
4: Yeah, You would expect that it's higher, that there are more females in these positions, as we are 80% females. But uh, it's not the case. Uh, While well, we didn't, uh, in Luxembourg, we don't uh, have any numbers or didn't do any studies why it is like that. But I suppose that it's because, well, maybe some uh, some females don't have the same chance, so they don't get offered the position. Maybe they are less interested uh, but um, they are capable, too. They have a different style of management. This needs also to be yeah, um, promoted and accepted, uh, as we talked about in our yeah, pre-session. Uh, um, but there's, uh, yeah, there's much to do also in that uh,
0: mm-hmm. area. Yeah. Well, thank you for making this video, which we will show over the course of the next uh, month, two months, is it? I think two months, over the next two months. And s- one month. One month. <laughs> well, we will make sure to show that. So actually,
3: we, 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 we're connecting two important dates. Tomorrow is the, uh, yeah. the International Day for Women and Girls yes. in Science, and then on the 8th of March is the International <gasps> Women's Day. So it's over that span that, uh, that these videos uh, will, will, will come out.
0: Well, what, what a fabulous example. Now, Salam, turning to you and um, the take on your campaign and your journey. First of all, please place us as to your background uh, geographically. Tell us about your <laughs> your movements geographically as a family.
2: Yeah, so uh, I uh, come originally from Palestine. Uh, I was born in Lebanon uh, during the 80s, uh, where it was uh, also wartime in, in Lebanon. And then we moved to Jordan, where I grew up. I did my bachelor degree, I did my master's degree, and then I came to Germany. I did my PhD, and here I am now, I am working in Luxembourg.
0: Well, that's quite a path. And um, I want to firstly ask you about you in uh, Jordan, where you studied sciences, well, Lebanon to Jordan, and from the Palestinian heritage, of course. Um, did you have many role models in the field that you work in, which is AI and software engineering?
2: Um, not really. I mean, uh, I, I always liked during my teenage, I always liked computer uh, sense and like programming because I always saw my brother doing things on uh, on computers and I was gaming <laughs> most of the time. So I wanted to do something more. Uh, and I was always thinking that I will be the first programmer, the female programmer in the whole world. Of course, that I wasn't aware at the time that <laughs> it was already done <laughs> in the past, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, in science, uh, yes. I mean, I have uh, seen my father was a doctor, a med- so medicine, and uh, I always looked up to him. I wanted to do something uh, that helps people and uh, gets engaged in the society some- somehow. And uh, But in AI, you, I mean, AI is uh, only recently being so visible and uh, with this like rapid progress that we see every day, it's uh, changing our world. So. I'm trying to be myself, like uh, inspiring the other people who are now joining AI hype, let's say.
0: Yeah, we're learning. We're on that upward curve where it's all going to affect our lives. How important do you think it is to be able to see it, to be it? We have this phrase in English, if you see it, you can be it. Um, And you are an incredible role model here in Western Europe for what you're doing, the area of science you're doing and your heritage as well. It obviously wasn't important to you because you had great male role models in your life, your father, your brother. But for you to inspire others, do you think that's an important?
2: I think this is uh, extremely important. So uh, because of my background coming from the Middle East and uh, having lived in Europe also for so long, I think it's also my responsibility to show to people first this probably not uh, unknown image about a woman who, uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm not the only one who is struggling, fighting, and also achieving something at the end. And I also want to narrate my my story to other people. This is the main motivation why I joined this campaign. I liked it so much. I'm so excited about telling people about this story so that maybe I inspire a female from my background, so like women from uh, Arab origins, but also other uh, women in science.
0: Why did you move to Germany and Luxembourg from the Middle East?
2: Um... For practical reasons. So uh, because of uh, pa- being Palestinian originally Palestinian doesn't grant you equal rights in Middle East in general. And uh, of course, Europe provides me as a woman, single, uh, living alone, more freedom to like be myself. And also in, in terms of science, I mean, in Luxembourg, in Germany in general, there is a lot of uh, support to uh, research, which we don't have in Jordan. So... After I did my uh, master's studies, I wanted to do a PhD, but it wasn't really possible uh, in Jordan. And I knew from my professors that even if I do a PhD and come back, I'll be mostly professor at the university doing teaching. And I'll take uh, on my research on my own uh, shoulders, which I don't want to. I want to be engaged in a research community, which I I think is really well done in in Luxembourg. That's uh,
0: very well put there. (laughs) I want to talk about then a little bit of the setup, because I think it's very important to the female story, given what happened in COVID, which is extremely recent and hasn't quite gone away yet. When it comes to childcare, we spoke earlier that in Jordan, for example, you have no knowledge of any male kindergarten teachers.
2: No, I mean, it's totally uncommon (laughs) to see like uh, men in kindergarten that is not really uh, I mean it's not foreseen it's not uh, not acceptable but it's not common in in the society from the background of uh, how people think even teachers I mean it's very difficult for men to apply to a teacher position they like more to work in a company uh, from my field let's say from computer science Uh, Difficult
0: for them to apply or unusual uh, for
2: them? Unusual, yeah. It's like difficult for them to accept that I will (laughs) apply and become a teacher at the end of the day. So during my bachelor, we were a lot of women, female, uh, let's say 40% of of my colleagues. But all of my female colleagues, they went to uh, schools, so they, they became teachers because it's more convenient for women with children. Uh, on the other side, all my male colleagues are in companies, they travel, they are in the US, they are they've done PhD and they continued. So kindergarten and teaching for men in, in Jordan is not very common. No.
0: And just another point here is that of childcare, which I believe is is not uh, supported by the state.
2: Uh, no. I mean uh, it is supported by a society. If you have a mother or an aunt and <laughs> you can leave your child there, but uh, uh, all my uh, female friends who continue studying uh, at the university after having children, uh, then they overwork themselves.
0: Yeah, and I only press this point because I think it's an extremely important point that seems to affect women more than men. Obviously, we're the ones who have children, but in Luxembourg, it's the first country that I've lived in where I've found it to be possible to have much more quality. And even then, we had this situation in COVID times where it's still more females who were at home. Well, thank you both. We'll come back to you both. Uh, Crystal, I want to move to you now because you are a talent recruitment officer at LIST, and so you've seen what happens. At List Luxembourg Institute of Science and Technology, uh, talk to us about how you try to bring more women into the positions that you post.
5: So indeed, we we have started working with the job descriptions. For example, we try to avoid certain very manly words. What 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 are
0: manly words?
5: <laughs> manly words. Um, men they like to apply for excellence. You oh, excel. Right. You you are you are a top researcher you you are the um, the
0: best the, the best. alpha ambitious. yes wow.
5: ambitious yeah exactly uh, whereas women tend to be more modest let's put it that way
0: oh this is fascinating study in languages <laughs> indeed yes Okay, so you've changed the language in which you post the advertisements for positions. Indeed, yes. Now, um, List, um, I know, is working hard to try to bring up its, its female balance. Um, is there positive discrimination when it comes to uh, finding the right person for the job? Uh,
5: positive discrimination, that, that's a big word. I would We still employ the best person for the possession.
0: So Do you have quotas that you want to fill?
5: What we try to do is, for example, we use quite a bit of headhunters. So we ask headhunters to bring ideally two female candidates, which sometimes is a struggle to to even find the females. Um, but then, you know, you you find if you find that one, at least you give the opportunity. For that woman to to be seen and heard. So that's
0: interesting. So what List is doing is it's changing the language for the advertisements so that hopefully more women will apply. They feel that uh, um, those words like excellence and uh, top researcher is not putting them off, <laughs> even though they might be excellent and the top researcher. That's absolutely possible. <laughs> um, and so then also you you ask your um, recruitment external recruitment officers to find females for the position, which is. Proving hard at times, and then you pick the best for the job.
5: Exactly, but maybe interesting story behind us. For example, we—I um, was—I wanted to find a female, so I, I found forty females in in a in an area, and I contacted them via LinkedIn, via emails, via all sorts of media that we can use. And at the same time, I found eight male candidates. The message left at the same time. Five men replied out of the eight that, yes, I'm interested. Yeah, it would be interesting to talk to you. Out of the 40 females that I contacted, two said, okay, fine. If if I must, I could talk to you. But why is that? Um that, that is a good question. I'm trying to still decode this uh, <laughs> the answer. Uh, but I think uh, one thing is that uh, women don't usually they don't quite often check the emails after working hours because they're busy taking care of family um, and quite often we get this sort of idea like, yeah, but I cannot move because my family is here and I don't want to I don't want to take my kids away from, the school way they are, I wouldn't do that either. I would not never go anywhere. I love where I'm living, so I, so I understand that point of view. Whereas men seem to be a bit more flexible in this mm-hmm. way of being. Sort of like, if nothing else, I can leave my family where they are now, and I come alone. Whereas women are not willing to do that it's very much
0: more unusual for that well you've described something that's extremely interesting from a psychology point of view Um, if that is representative of how women think and they like to feel more anchored at least if their children are going through school they don't want to change that system for the child because they're thinking of the, the whole family unit rather than their own career path entirely why is it that we're pushing for this equality why should we keep pushing for it? I'm going to throw that to you, Mark. Why should we keep pushing for it if it's not really inbuilt within us?
3: Um, I think the, the problem, one of the problems in research and, and science, is that we are, w- 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 to some extent, w- w- we're still uh, we're, st- we're still st- stuck with this uh, with this image of the lone genius, uh, <laughs> and uh, which which the, I mean. Uh, and, and, and and that's most I think that's no longer appropriate but but still we we, we, we hire people we want the genius the lone genius and uh, whereas much of uh, research nowadays is uh, is teamwork um, I think when the uh, uh, when the Nobel Prize in Physics a few years ago was awarded for the for the discovery of gravitational waves, I'm no <laughs> so, okay, but it, it so they you know Nobel Prize can only be awarded maximum three people, so they selected three people, but but one of the one of the awardees said, yeah, well. Look, we we there, there were 40 people in my in in our team. We worked together on that. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm I take the Nobel Prize, but I consider it's for all of us. Huh? So, so we still continue to think of uh, of this lone genius image and. Uh, uh, and 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 we're also, also the way we assess researchers or, or we hire them still is very much uh, into that picture, and then you have to be the top professor X Y, and uh, uh, and that's why I think it's also we insisted so much when we produced this video, this series of video clips, that we should not just have. Professors or, or the or the the, the, the group leaders or, or that that we should show all facets uh, of, of, of 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 researchers uh, that are and, and we're all working together and that's something which still takes a lot of time that 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 new view or that culture but that's what it is research is by and large done in as a teamwork that's um,
2: mm-hmm. uh, Salam you want to- yeah I uh, I think we are trying to rebuild the society around fairness. So we don't know if in 10 or 100 years the same society will stay as is now. Uh, but at least even if it stays, at least we know that we gave the same opportunity to both men and uh, women. And then they choose to like stay at home and be more like a mother uh, role. Krista?
5: Yeah, I think I'm very um, selfish in my way. Why I want to have women? Why do you... and, and we? work on this in listly also having women in the managerial positions it is to give these role models um, because if young kids see that they are these role models then they think about it like yeah let's go let yeah that, that could be a possibility and we need to keep doing research it, it's just I'm not a researcher but I can see what it brings to the society we need that and we need more researchers I need a bigger pool of candidates, so I need all the little girls doing research and saying like, hey, that's what I want to do. But you
0: need more than you've got the pool, you need them to reply to your messages and you need them to feel that they can move and that they will be given the support in order to move, even if it's as a unit. Now, um, Carol, I want to bring you in here because this is really your field of study in some ways, but you're starting at a much younger level. Level and you've created an incredible board game. So, um, talk to us about your work. So, yes, as you are talking about uh,
6: the gender game, so we developed the gender game to uh, to fight uh, gender stereotypes at a young age, very young age, eight eight years, from eight years on. So we have it's a question answer game. We have questions for children, for young people, but also for adults, because gender stereotypes and stereotypes are still in our heads when we are adults and uh, we see that it's uh, that there are even for young children that there are already many many stereotypes because it's normal they look at at their parents or at their teachers and uh, they repeat they reproduce uh,
0: what they see give us some examples that you've spotted that uh, surprised you
6: Yeah, for example, uh, we have a question, are there more men or uh, women that are um, head of uh, firms? And the answer is, uh, of course, more men. Why? So it's because on TV, uh, uh, when uh, an entrepreneur is interviewed, it's mainly men. But that's statistically probably true. It's true. (laughs) But then our job is also to deconstruct these gender stereotypes with, uh, with the children. And then it becomes uh, interesting because then they say there are more men than women because um, men are more daring. So Well, that seems it, to be true, too. They answer Crystal's emails. <laughs> yeah, and this is where we have to begin to fight. This is uh, where we have to start. What does it mean, more daring? First of all, what does that mean? And... Uh, are really are women less daring? I don't know. Well, we're <laughs> different. We were, we're clearly different. Yeah, different. But let's talk about it. And this is the job we do uh, when we when we play the gender game with the kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm. I've got lots of questions forming. I'm. I mean, obviously, I believe in fairness, and obviously, I believe in equality. But I'm wondering, given that we've we've been going on about this for a little bit of time. um, I mean, in in society, we've been talking about this for a while. And there isn't always huge movement. I mean, I know the statistics for people taking up computing and maths courses in the UK at university, still the female percentage is super low. It hasn't changed since I was at university. So something's not moving. So I, I really want to dig into the why it's important to do this work.
6: If tomorrow we want an egalitarian society, we have to do this work because uh, we close doors for, in in some jobs, for example, for boys, in nurse, uh, um, Anne-Marie gave the example of the nurses, we close the doors because we don't give them models, we don't encourage them to do this wonderful job. And in in other jobs, we close doors for, for girls. So... Yes, on on paper, we can say they have the same access, they have the same same chances, opportunities, but it's not true. Mm -hmm. In reality, it's not true. So it's one thing to have the uh, equal rights on paper. It's another thing
0: to translate them in our behaviors. That's very well put. And in fact, Crystal, I don't know if you have experience of this, but I have literally been told by a female friend of mine that even though her husband was offered equal paternity leave after their child, he was told by his boss, oh, but you won't be taking that, will you? And so it would be great to have more male voices here to talk about their side of the story. But we, I mean, women are great at talking about things. We're good. We're good supporters of each other. I would say that's one of our strengths. But I actually feel sorry for men who maybe haven't got that voice or that community moving yet to talk about their side of the story I don't know if you have an experience of, of your male friends who have who want to help this situation but they're not quite sure how to I, I think sorry mark I keep putting yeah, you in that's difficult fine. positions
3: that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. you're
0: representing yeah. all men here today well,
3: I, 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 I think I'm not up to that, uh, that task. Yeah? Um, I think that there is, among certainly among in in research and among my colleagues, there is a there is quite a, an, an openness uh, for uh, to address these uh, these situations. Of course, I mean it, it's somewhat split. You you know, there, maybe it's a generational issue as well. Uh, I. I don't, I, I hate to say that, but I think there is some part of a generational issue as well. You know, and, and research is also one of these fields uh, which where, where the career progression is still very linear, where you have to have a certain age to come up into leadership uh, leadership positions. So, um, uh, so maybe maybe it would do us better, or good if we had more younger men also in 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 leadership position uh, because the, I think they're. Their view may be may be different. Okay, I'm, i know that I'm generalizing here. So I'm, feel, but but I think part of it is a, is is generational issues, and and uh, and in our research institutions, it is the fact that that uh, because of this linear career progression that. Um, uh, that there is an age imbalance also in uh, in, in, in leadership positions. That may explain it partly, not not all of it. Um,
0: That's a very interesting so. point. And I think the linear career path is something that doesn't help women in, in many careers, not just science as it happens actually. And Anne-Marie, I know that you are an example of somebody, I mean, you're still young, in my opinion. <laughs> but you're taking a PhD at a slightly different time. You've had your daughter, uh, a one daughter. There may be more on the way at some point in the future. Um, but you're, you've are you chosen to, to your PhD at a different point in time, which is a great example to women as well. And I hope that will be examples of women doing PhDs even when they're older. Uh, she says, hopefully. <laughs> um, Carol, tell us how we can help our own children, may they be female or male, to help deconstruct these uh, biases that might be ingrained in them somehow.
6: Yes, I I think when when our children come home with stories, uh, girls are like this, boys are like that, we just have to question them. What do you think? Why is it like this? How do you feel about it? Just question and then, for uh, we have in, in our uh, GG questions, our gender game questions, we have a picture showing um, three girls that wear boys' clothes and take bo- what we say traditionally, typically, typically boys' position, and two boys that wear girl uh, girls' clothes, so also with the colors pink and so on, and take uh, uh, typically. What we call typically uh, female uh, or girls' position, and then we ask where are the boys and the girls, also to talk about identity with the uh, with the children, and then all the stereotypes come: the pink colors, uh, the skirts. So, and then when we ask, but are boys not allowed to wear to wear a skirt? Even this question, then they think. Yes, they are allowed. If they, if they want to, they can. So this is how we can construct with very simple questions and really uh, try to, to take them serious.
0: Do you think, uh, to Mark's point, actually, that the younger generation, she says, reading quite old, um, <laughs> let's call them the young people that you're dealing with and also teenagers, because we have such an open conversation about gender fluidity these days, do you think that will change the future? So sometimes
6: in my groups, um, I have had this uh, case, so we were talking about uh, football, girls and football, and uh, I wanted to have, so of course all the boys were coming with up with uh, answers and uh, opinions, and uh, then there was a child sitting there, and uh, then I said, uh, well, I also want opinion of the girl, what do you think? And she said, I'm a boy or he said i don't know so and then we talked about this but it it was very fluent i think it's it's uh, something that the younger generation integrate uh, integrate easier than at <laughs> when i was uh, i was younger
0: It certainly has changed, I think, mentally. And I know, um, Crystal, a slightly different story, but something we spoke about before is that um, the FNR have done a lot to contribute uh, to the progress of this conversation. And you have an example of um, women who uh, have a baby during their PhD.
5: Yeah, that is correct. So, indeed... um it is possible to have a child when you do your PhD. It was FNR funded. And there was not even a question asked. Can we, because when we asked, could we then change the funding schedule? No problem. It, it, was, it was the most natural thing on the planet to do.
0: And that's another lovely word to throw into this conversation, to make it natural, to make it fair, to make it normal, to normalize this conversation, um, because that isn't obvious but uh, a thank you to the FNR then for this because to make that natural because I'm quite sure men also sometimes have uh, children during their PhDs. uh, It's a slightly different question there and a slightly different um, uh, physical uh, requirement of the man there during that time but it could be more and it it is I think to our point about younger people becoming much more equal. Now to our two stars representing the six stars of the videos. Um, What did you learn when you were doing these videos? What did you hope to put across to the young girls, perhaps uh, maybe even not so young ladies who might want to think about doing something in science? What was your hope with your videos?
4: Uh, yeah, my hope was really to, to encourage them to, to just go their way and don't uh, be too much afraid about what others uh, think. And that also science empowers them and gives them really everything they need in their daily life to fight for their rights and, and just uh, yeah, be, be heard uh, uh, and to encourage them to, to do it just do it. You're a great example to your daughter. I hope she knows what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, Salah. Yeah,
2: about me, I uh, I wanted to to tell new uh, girls to be themselves. Don't be something that someone else is expecting. Just be what you want and it's possible to be uh, like a, sexy, a successful in sense. It's possible to be successful not in sense. You don't need to like have this reserved uh, topic for uh, for male that is not for me or uh, this is for me. It's just like be spontaneous do what you want and uh, you will see where you end so to be yourself
0: now um i have two teenage daughters and i see a difference between the adolescent teenage girls to boys. I, the boys are often gamers. I know you were a gamer, Salam. You said you were a gamer. You had older <laughs> brothers. My daughters are on their phones a lot. And uh, you talk about um, young ladies trying to find themselves and to be themselves. But they're so influenced by what they're watching on these things, these phones. I'm holding up a phone if you're listening to me. Um, so how do you fight that? How do you fight that barrage of information coming in at you as a, as a young lady these days?
2: Uh, I think it's uh, really difficult. I mean, it's also difficult from one region to another. Being in Europe is different from being in the Middle East and creating equal opportunities is also not as easy. But... uh we are starting. I mean, we are like going there with uh, with this campaign. Uh, we are creating the movies or the videos that will be uh, shown on the smartphones and this show that will be listened by a lot of people. And maybe we can encourage the teenagers also to like get engaged in, in such uh, radio shows and uh, listen to them in in the car or uh, like somewhere so that they see
4: because they need to see that so that they change their mindset.
0: Well, you are both wonderful examples, Anne Marie.
4: And I think it's also important that they really learn early to critically analyze or look what they see and, and don't take everything for granted that they see on the smartphones, that uh, they learn it, that it's uh, really normal to learn it in school. I didn't have such a training. I could believe everything I saw there, but uh, they need to differ between the different, uh, yeah.
0: Well, perhaps in- that's something that Carol is working on, how to, to develop critical thinking at a younger age,
6: yeah, this is what we try in in one game. So of course it's not enough, and uh, um, we, we. And this is why um, uh, science is important also in our game. It's not uh, the answer of the questions. It's not the one uh, that shouts the loudest. Mm-hmm. It's but w- why do you say that? Where did you learn that? Or look at the graph we are showing. What does the graph show? So this is really important to. Um, Give the children um, help um,
0: to to read to read newspapers mm. to read graphs. Oh, read newspapers. I wonder how many young people read. News- I wonder how many <laughs> adults read newspapers anymore? <laughs> That's a good or let's say question. <laughs> see graphs on the phone then.
4: Yes, if we
6: can put it that way, to understand what they are reading. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is what we are trying, and this is the, the scientific part. Uh, and then we explain also how uh, the researchers did to find these results. There's a methodology. It's not only because I think I heard. Yes. Okay. You heard. Then let's. Where did you? Why.
0: Let's question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that idea of critical thinking. Well, we've come to almost the end of our hour, and uh, I threw a couple of slightly difficult questions your way, Mark, <laughs> as the only male in the room. Um, final word to you. I'm giving you free rein here you can you can wrap it up with your thoughts and I must also throw in that you are also I think the head of science uh, for for um, Europe in fact you're involved with uh, science for Europe um, the science, science Europe, Europe in fact yes. that's what it's called <laughs> yeah I was trying to think of the word and then uh, science Europe so tell us about the work that they do there in collaboration with uh, women and girls
3: so science Europe is the uh, is the European association of uh, of major funding uh, national funding organizations so all the fNRs that exist in in other countries we, uh, we 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 join in that uh, in that association and uh, gender uh, gender equality in research has been one of our topics and and it's very interesting because we it, it is possible i mean we've seen that in other countries uh, in in scandinavian countries in particular uh, uh, a lot of progress has been made they have much better much better percentage in uh, in uh, of, of 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 women researchers and uh, so we try to learn others Including us, we'll try. We try to learn from them. Um, uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the actions that uh, that we will implement all, all together, not not just FNERO, is is uh, gen, uh, gender action plans. So that's something that has been pioneered ten years ago uh, in, in 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 countries like Norway and uh, and, and, and and Sweden, and uh, with, with, with good success. But it takes time, as I said, uh, since, since it's 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 a long undertaking, but. So, so there are a lot of uh, there's there's a good there is a good deal of sharing uh, best practices and also recording data. I mean, we need to record our data and see how pro- whether progress is made or not. When I see recording data, I also think that we should uh, record the, the gender pay gap because that's another thing which, uh, uh, which is uh, which is um, that there, there may be hidden uh, inequalities. I'm sure there are hidden inequalities there. So that's something that we need to regularly record and then see are we making how we making good progress or, or not. In other country, in other countries, this is being done. So, uh, so uh, yes, let's move. Uh, for I hope that to uh, coming back to the uh, to the teenage girls on the on the phone I, I hope that many of them will actually see uh, these video clips. I actually hope that many teenage boys will see these video clips as well because that's as important uh, that they see uh, the clips than, than than the teenage girls. so I, if we can do if we all can do can contribute a little bit uh, to changing these uh, these stereotypes, these gender stereotypes, well then uh, it will be a success. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you all so much for being part of the show today, and I wish you all continued success with the varied but uh, coordinated work that you do. Thank you so much. Thank
3: you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.